The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Book Club Show on Inspire 105.1 FM. My name is Imrana. It is Tuesday the 10th of September and it is 10 o'clock. I hope you are having a wonderful morning so far. Um, a bit more a bit more brighter today, which is always nice. I think in a September, um, well, we're already on the 10th of September. So we're going to go straight over to Anishid by Mahir Zain. So enjoy and we, I will be back with you in a few moments. خدا حاضر ہے خدا موجود ہے خدا
Asalaamu Alaikum and welcome back to the book club show Inspire 105.1 FM. It's just past 10 o'clock on the 10th of September. That was initiated by Mahazain and Salim Suleiman called Ya Khuda. Um, mainly, I think I was um, choosing that because obviously we are on, well, many of us might be on um the day of Ashura and um, kind of really thinking a little bit about um, kind of prophetic stories and all the blessings that um, I guess that um, Allah showers upon us I mean, obviously on a daily basis but these uh, reminders are always um, beautiful and uh, to keep in mind. Um, and today we have um, a special show so we're going to um, the theme is basically children's stories and um, everything about um, children which actually I'm coming to think I spend a lot of time um, talking about kids and things because I'm a mum also a teacher also working with young people Um, so it it seems quite apt but also the main reason being we have an amazing um, an event taking place at Wardown Park um, on Saturday called called the Children's Peace Party Um, so this is part of a wider program um, called People Power Passion um, and you might have already heard um, a few things that have been going on I think they've had oh, if I'm correct three or four shows uh, or uh, kind of um, uh, events already the last one was actually with um, a local arts organisation called Revolution Arts which is um, called Justice 39 uh, which is working uh, with young people and giving them a platform really to to voice um, the things that are important to them. Um, but I am ha- joined in the studio by two special guests who are part of um, this program of the Children's Peace Party. We have Mary Hearn, who is the artistic. Oh, I've forgotten. Was it associate? Associate artist. Associate artist. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for correcting me. And then we have um, Moriam Grillo, who is the participation uh, producer. Um, Assalamu alaikum and hello. Hello. How are you this morning? Yeah, good. Good. Fantastic. So, shall we talk a little bit about, because obviously it is the book club show, um, and I thought it'd be nice to talk about, yeah, just favourite stories or favourite children's stories that maybe either we read as growing up or maybe that we know that some books that are popular at the moment with children. So, um, Mary, if we start with you. Sure. You, yeah. What, um, about? yeah. So, yeah, when, when I was thinking of my favourite stories as a child, there was a very common theme. They were all um, cat-related. Yes. Um, so we had Fred, we had Sixteen and Sid. Um, but I think I've stumbled... My favourite, I think, was um, I Want a Cat by Tony right. Ross. Um, yes. It's about a small girl. She is desperate for a pet, specifically a cat. Her friends have all got pets. Her parents are saying no. Mm. Um, and so as a protest to really stand up for what she believes in, um, she dresses up um, as a cat and acts as a cat Mm. um so she's at school um sleeping behind the blackboard not coming out for a saucer of milk okay eating raw fish under the table at a restaurant no um yeah so (laughs) (laughs) yeah she yeah she's she's really stubborn she wants her cat yeah i think finally her parents do snap Mm. they get her a kitten Mm. Um, the parents go to her room to say, look, we've got you a lovely new kitten. She answers the door, says woof, okay. and is now dressed as a dog. <laughs> um, so quite fickle. Yeah. Clearly wanted a lot more than one pet. Yeah. Um, and I can identify with that a lot. Yeah, so <laughs> As someone who loves dressing up, any excuse for fancy dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a complete absolutely. cat lover and animal lover in general. Yeah, sure. It's totally an on-brand book for me. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I completely agree. And kind of what do you feel about... Um, so that's a story that you would have read, you said, um, as a child. So, sure. Um, I mean, what do you think about reading? Like when... Is it something you always enjoyed, as you know, um, growing up? And then and how do you think it's... It kind of helps, I guess, in kind of... Sure. You know, yeah. I think... Um, stories are brilliant for so so many reasons. It's brilliant for the imagination. Mm. As, a, as an artist, obviously, imagination is key. Mm. It's brilliant for practical things like spelling, mm, although absolutely. I'm still bad. Okay. Um, <laughs> but... I think it's just power. It's a powerful way of of communicating. I think, um, yeah. and I think children's books now are getting better and better. Mm. You know, there's a lot more, like we were saying earlier, representation. Yes. Um, there's, you know, some really quite mm. meaty books to get into that, yeah, yeah. but are very approachable for a young age. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, how about yourself, Mori? In terms of how much, do you, you know. Um, did you spend a lot of time reading um, when you were younger? And... Uh, when I was younger, yes, yeah, I spent okay. a lot of time reading yeah. as I... Ha- I mean, I'm much older now, so mm. I don't really feel that I have the time, okay. which is a very strange thing to do because mm. I'm halfway through An American Marriage, which oh, is an amazing book ah, okay. um, about um, the relationship 
between um, incarceration mm. and relationships in oh. African America. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a really 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 actually quite sure. really interesting book. Yeah, yeah. Quite quite slow in its pace, mm. but very reflective. Mm. Um, yeah, and I'm really enjoying that. But I should say, yeah. as far as reading is concerned, that I found out that I was dyslexic two years ago. So oh. I often had an issue when reading mm. with actually keeping up. Yeah. Having to reread sections again and again, mm-hmm. um, fighting to kind of comprehend yeah. what they were saying and what I was mm. getting from it. Yeah, sure. um, but now I kind of know, you know, mm. what, what what's going on within me. Yeah, sure. It makes it a lot easier for me. So, yeah, yeah fantastic. I'm sort of back on the reading again, which is really great. Because oh. I think like last year as well, because yeah. I finished my master's in art therapy and um, yeah. there was a lot of reading for that. No, so I after that, imagine. I just like rebelled and read nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess there is there is that difference, isn't it, between reading for pleasure and then reading because you kind of have to. Yeah. Um, but that's really interesting for me though, because yeah. as a dyslexic person, I don't know if that was why, mm. but I found reading reference books a lot easier than reading fiction. Uh, oh really? Um, yeah, because I'm mm. reading sort of short bursts, and I'm if I'm going there with an, a curiosity and inquiry, mm. then I'm getting an answer. So sure. I'm focused. Whereas when it was fiction, I had to think about. Okay, what is the subtext? What is the author trying to tell me? Right. What, you know, what's happening with the character? And mm-hmm. I had to comprehend it on my own terms, but then try and comprehend what the uh, author was trying to relate to me. So it was, a, for me, a lot more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, no, that's really quite interesting, actually. But I guess we are all kind of on that journey. I think even for myself, I think, yeah, reading, I, I love reading even, um, yeah, when I was younger. But... I just like I was when I was um, going through. I typed in Google like the uh, most popular books in the eighties and nineties, and things like Goosebumps and the story, you know, and all these. And I was like, oh my god, you know, I read I all of these. And, yeah, right. <laughs> and it's so interesting because the. Um, I guess I don't know for myself the genre books like, I think maybe young people read because but it's nice it's that kind of journey and even when you know with my children um, I mean one of them sometimes I, I feel like I have to keep encouraging her strongly <laughs> like, read read you know um, and it's and she's like oh but I don't really know what kind of books I like yet mm. and I was, it was really this interesting statement to make because actually that that is what it is I think and I know sometimes you know um children might feel the schools are kind of you know forcing things upon them but it's actually to empower them to say look read a range of books Mm -hmm. and then you're kind of going to find the thing that interests you most um now i know at the moment for example michael mapergo if i've pronounced that correctly i mean that's something i think young people i see reading a lot and actually i like his style of writing i think some of the content and you know the the um kind of themes it's exploring are quite varied i think they could be really um appealing to I guess a lot of um, you know young readers which is always um, really fantastic um, so coming on to you Miriam what was your book that you were going to kind of mention so it was such morning? a long time ago you know this mm. book when I was a child <laughs> I sort of like had a series of books that I was interested in I was really interested in the famous five Bobby Brewster mm. um, and there was a young girl and I've forgotten her name now there was a lovely young girl that got into a lot of trouble I used to like reading her books. Can't remember what doesn't sound like anyone we know. What was her name? <laughs> I think my name might have been Shirley, but I'm trying to think of what the books were called, but the oh. character was called Shirley. Oh, okay, but nice. she always got into a lot of trouble and it was quite okay. fun to kind of watch her kind of, you know, get out of it. Is that because you related? Is that because you related to yeah, what was going on? Possibly. So that was nice. But for so for my yeah. children, mm. they like to read things like Oh Dear. Oh Dear was a favourite that went through all mm. of my four children and mm. the tiger that came to tea was phenomenally uh, popular so then yeah. even my, when my granddaughter came along we used to read that to her oh. but now yeah. I mean I'm not saying that there hasn't been books based on representation before but mm. I guess I got to a point in my life where I got a bit bored of not seeing myself anywhere yeah. or people like me so that became something that was really important and um, there was a book called Happy to be Nappy which is about mm. natural you know hair natural black hair and so my daughter my middle daughter especially really likes that one mm. and my granddaughter daughter's really into something called Little Leaders which is oh, talking okay. about empowered black women Brilliant. Um, over the ages actually so we're talking about you know over the last 40 years mm. and she really likes to she likes to read the book and then she wants to see the real person on yeah. Wikipedia right that's <laughs> lovely though so it's really giving her yeah, context or whatever course, so you know exactly. And yeah, I think it's just really important for, for, for young people to feel that they have a place, that they feel included mm. and that they feel represented. And mm. so for me, that's that's huge yeah, yeah, as absolutely. far as books are concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and I think even um, talking about, I know because the word kind of diversity and, and things like that gets thrown out around a lot as well, especially, I mean, we, we all work in the arts and it's something that, you know, is quite, um, <clears throat> I guess, 
relevant at the moment um so how do you think i mean what else do you think needs to be done then in that kind of way that so we're making sure that books and reading and kind of that accessibility is for everybody i mean what do you think still needs to be done is it is it with the authors is it the publishers is it opportunities mary what do you think i guess it's a bit of all of them Mm -hmm. i think we're going the right way there just needs to be a lot more of it yeah sure because it's see it, it it needs to be the norm. Mm. It needs to not be, oh, this is great because it's a really diverse book. It, yeah. It's representative of mm. a certain group of people. It's, yeah. It just needs to be everywhere where you stop noticing the diversity in yeah, quotes, exactly. you know. Yeah. Um, mm. I think, yeah. I think that must, I think it falls with writers, authors, and publishers. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's a bit of everything. Yeah, sure. Um, I do think that maybe. The books are being written, mm. whether they're being picked up by publishers, I don't know. Yeah, sure, um, exactly. But yeah. Yeah. And how well, I, I just yeah. feel there's a bit of a politic sometimes, isn't mm, there? Sure. Where there's either a trend or an idea mm-hmm. that is pushed forward. And yeah. so for me, being, as an individual feeling often on the periphery, it's quite interesting to see the stories that are pushed forward and, and mm. urged forwards. Sure. And I remember my children, my, my oldest children were really young. I mean, this is like 25, 22 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you go into a bookshop and you're looking for a representational book, but it doesn't exist. Mm. And then the argument is, well, if we did that, they wouldn't sell very well because, mm. you know, I, we're still considered a minority or whatever. Yeah. And perhaps other people are not interested in those stories. Mm-hmm. But for me... It's about the person. It's about the human. So it's about you know it's about be having a broader perspective and a more diverse way of thinking. I think. Absolutely. And I think as far as publishers are concerned and things like that, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's maybe that's on trend now. Maybe, mm-hmm. but at the time it didn't feel like it was, and yeah, sure. that was an issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. And also, why wouldn't a little white girl want to pick up right. a book about a little black girl? Well, there you yeah. go. Like, why would they not? Exactly. You know. Exactly. exactly. It doesn't have to be representative of the person right. reading it it's necessarily. It's representative of experience. It's yeah. about imagination. It's about you know you know things like yeah, that. Friends. So, yeah. Whoever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's such a that's such a good point actually. The fact that you know we because that's it. We, we've become so pigeonholed in ways mm. that yeah. we that we think and actually requires a lot of, um, uh, I guess kind of positive and um what's the word i'm looking for proactive i think you just need to be really proactive in knowing that there's this kind of system that is existing at the moment what we can do to kind of i mean i I hate to use the word challenge it's not really that but it is about breaking away from from what's considered the default and norm i guess right exactly um, yeah yeah, no i think that's such a i guess yeah an important conversation to have um so um, maureen we mentioned obviously earlier the fact that um you've uh just finished your studies in art therapy art therapy well congratulations thank you so how do you feel in terms of i know you mentioned reading but what kind of link is it like do you for example now that you've um you've kind of got that in terms of uh qualification in terms of you know uh, an amazing achievement what how would that like link into would you read more of different books or would it be you know how does that inform I guess what what your what your current practice is in terms of artistic practice so I would read more theory in regards to the art therapy but what's really interesting Mm. for me and I was talking to somebody about it yesterday listening to conversation Mm. and therefore in a book thinking about a character analysis Mm -hmm. for me it mm. runs a bit deeper. Yeah, sure. Um, so I was talking to a friend yesterday and I was saying it's really interesting when you listen to conversations mm. that people are often reflecting or exposing what's g- going on inside themselves to so this mm. idea of their own internal conflict. Sure. So she had mentioned that she had had a bad experience but she was being very optimistic about it. Mm. But mm. people around her were being very pessimistic and mm. I thought that's really interesting that you can rise above that, transcend mm. that yeah, yeah, sure. um, and be optimistic when some people can't. Mm. But that may be because it links into a, a deeper and a greater experience for them within yeah. themselves yeah. that they are still conflicted by with that new experience so mm-hmm. sorry i'm getting a bit deep here but no, that's no, kind no. Of thing that <laughs> happens if i sort of read a book or <laughs> yeah, yeah. engage in things like that so. no no it wasn't that's great and how about yourself mate how would you think like reading that you're doing now kind of informs what you're doing in terms of your practice and yeah yeah so i read a lot more mm. i guess f- sort of factual stuff now yeah um i guess working within the arts there's always I mean I'm terrible at Mm -hmm. not reading enough sort of fiction um which I guess surprises me in some ways because Mm. I mean I love it and I do I do sit down and read it but it's just my I don't know I feel like yeah it will conflict maybe too much with what I'm working on at the same time sure I I don't have enough headspace for that many stories yeah Yeah. (laughs) I I think that's probably just a problem of mine but um 
more factual stuff that maybe informs my decisions with regards to the sort of community work that I do. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. probably more along you, the lines of what I read. And for, for our listeners um, who are listening today, what could you give a bit more um, kind of insight into what it is you actually do in terms of your artistic practice? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I um, I work primarily in community arts. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of workshop facilitation. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of started my career working with people with sort of isolation issues or mental health issues, mm-hmm. um, drug and alcohol problems. Um and have sort of moved on slightly from that to start working with uh, younger children and engaging children from different backgrounds mm. that aren't necessarily engaged with the arts. Mm. Um, so that can be through craft, it can be through um, sort of painting workshops, collage workshops. Mm. Um, but it's almost the art form is slightly secondary to that. It's more about the experience mm. that they are gaining from that and engaging in larger events because of having that kind of... Yeah. I don't know, almost taste a session mm. of, of something that they've been involved with. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Oh, no, that's pretty fun. And how about yourself, Mariam? Could you maybe... So, current yeah. work at the moment. Yeah, exactly, yeah. People per right. passion has taken yes. over my life. But anyway, <laughs> you are. <laughs> well, so my current work is... So I've got two strands, the art therapy and, again, the arts itself, which sometimes is commissioned work mm-hmm. um, by myself, but often is kind of community-based participation. Mm-hmm. So the art therapy is very much, again, very similar to you, Mary, working with vulnerable groups, um my sort of focus area is women that have experienced trauma Mm. so I'll use art to create a safe space and again like Mary Mm -hmm. use the art making as a process Mm. to begin to explore um, deeper aspects of Mm. their selves their experience so it's an opportunity to express but it's the beauty of art therapy is that there's not a need for words Mm. because often with talking therapy uh, the person may feel pressured to find the words and actually Mm. Are they always there is the question, especially with trauma. Mm. There's probably more feeling Mm. um, than there is, uh, you know, the words to express that. So as far as my um, community participation work, it kind of feeds off of that because, again, as Mary said, the the process of art making and creating these experiences has a therapeutic aspect Mm. in itself. So being able to incorporate that in um, working in community and bringing people together, Mm. this opportunity to share stories, develop mutual stories through mutual experience, mutual exchange, Mm. is really something that I'm really um, passionate about. Yeah, no, that's and that's kind of really beautiful, isn't it? The idea that we can actually utilise all those different things. But, you know, this idea of therapy and, you know, just we all kind of, you know, have that sense of longing I guess to be able to not even just express ourselves but even you know like you said any experiences whether you know if, if they've been traumatic especially that sense of maybe even catharsis and I think the mm. arts is such plays such a big role mm. you know in something like that and but what was interesting what you said is about sometimes you know not needing words yeah and I think that's actually how sometimes for me reading really helps because when I read maybe um a particular book and I'll read a section I think exactly you know and it's suddenly you've got a writer who obviously you've never met but they'd be able to articulate Mm. something you know how you're feeling and those books are the ones that are kind of most yeah um, resonate the most yeah Yeah. absolutely you know and um i mean the book i was just really gonna um just touch upon briefly is called the tales uh tales from rumi um so it's been um edited by A. Fuad Bilkan, and it's basically the Mathnawi selection for young readers. Um, now, so obviously, Molana Rumi, you know, we know his um, poetry kind of transcends um, cultures and languages, and, you know, it's been translated, I don't know how many different languages. I think it's probably the top-selling um, in, in the US, I think, the last yeah, time I read. he's the most popular Roman read. poet in the US, isn't he? Yes, or at least yes. he was so deemed to be, yes, yeah. Yes, exactly. And, and I think... Um, this idea that there's a book that actually make makes um, that poetry a bit more accessible to young, young readers, I think, was is really lovely. Um, I can't actually quite remember what the age guidance uh, for this is, but I would say it's probably you know for slightly older children. So mm-hmm. I, I'd say maybe uh, between you know maybe nine onwards. I mean, I've got children who are nine and seven, um, so with them I, I'd read them stories, but even. Um, I, I feel like I still need to go a little bit more depth just to break down you just to make sure that they've um, kind of understood. So um, 
I mean, the, uh, just so the back of the book says, Rumi is best known for his spiritual poetry, the whirling dance, and certainly for the stories he recorded in his magna opus, The Mathnawi, which is an astounding compilation of no less than 24,000 verses. So Tales from Rumi is a collection of best stories from the world classic. Um, so again, I think it's just really important um, for me personally that when my children anyway, when they're reading, that they're able to read a short story and try to kind of relate it back or, you know, to something maybe that's happened in their own life maybe something happening with their friend and their best friend did something really horrible or or you know maybe the teacher said something and you know they're not quite happy about it or they don't know how to process it I think this idea of having access to short stories which then explains what the moral is I don't know I kind of feel that that can that can be quite um it's something different because you won't always get that in a normal kind of fiction book mm. so I think that's quite interesting in terms of um, this book and this kind of relation to something which is a bit more spiritual, I think, is always um, quite important as well. Um, so today we are on the book club show. I'm joined in the studio by Mary Hearn and Moriam Grillo. And after the break, we we're going to be talking a little bit about the Children's Peace Party, which is part of the People Power Passion uh, Programme in Luton um, at the moment. Um, so we were talking a little bit about some of our children's um, favourite stories. So if you want to share any of your own, you can call in on 01582481822 or WhatsApp in on 0779481822. I will join you in a few moments. So Go and grab yourself a tea or coffee. Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the book club show Inspire 105.1 FM. My name is Imrana Mahmoud. It is 10.30 on Tuesday the 10th of September. Um, so we were talking just a little bit before the break, or well, I was, um, about the book I have chosen for today's show, which is Tales from Rumi, uh, which is a Muthnawi selection for young readers. Um, and I think I was just saying the idea that for me personally, for my children, I kind of like this idea that they have accessibility to an amazing um, poet and poetry such as uh, Molana Rumi's and having that I guess um, discussion with them about what it means to um, not just be able to express yourself I guess in verse but then also the fact that there's a moral to everything and I think that's kind of the remit of this book so it breaks down um, the Muthanui into short stories and then also um, at the end kind of explains to the young reader about what um, the moral or what the meaning um, of it is so I thought actually what I'll do is I'll just share one of the short stories just to give a bit of an idea um, this one is called the Chinese painters and the Anatolian artists once upon a time, some Chinese painters and some Anatolian artists were arguing as to who were the better artists. The country sultan decided to settle the dispute with an exhibition of their skills. He called both groups of artist, artists into his presence and commanded them to take part in a competition to show proof of their art. In order to understand which of your claims is true, I'm going to test you, the sultan declared. The Chinese painters said to the sultan, then give us a room in which to paint and give the Anatolian artists a room too. The Chinese took one of the two rooms facing each other and, and the Anatolian artists settled into the other. A curtain was drawn between the two rooms and the artists began to work. The Chinese requested 100 different colours of paint from the Sultan. The Sultan immediately fulfilled their wish. The Anatolian artists, on the other hand, used no colours at all and said, Neither pictures nor paint are of use. What's important is first to clean up all the dirt. Behind the curtain, they began to cleanse their room from all filth and contented themselves with polishing all the room's walls. Days passed by. The Anatolian artist's room became as clear and bright as the sky. Meanwhile, the Chinese, who had requested various paints every day and painted colourful scenes, finished their art and, in high spirits, started to celebrate. The Chinese artists informed the Sultan they had finished and threw their doors wide to let him see their magnificent work in hundreds of subtle colours. The Sultan marvelled at the fascinating beauty of their wall paintings. Then he entered the Anatolian artist's room opposite. The walls of the room were completely bare. When the sultan saw the empty walls, he was taken aback. 
However, when the Anatolian artists removed the curtain separating their room from that of the Chinese, all the paintings on the opposite wall were suddenly reflected onto their polished wall. The Sultan saw all the paintings he had seen in the room of the Chinese artists, only here they were shinier and more animated. The reflection, with the sunlight playing and dancing on it, made the manifold variety of the Chinese colours more delicate and beautiful. Amazed by the artistry he saw, the Sultan said, Of course, these paintings are more beautiful and alluring, and he declared the Anatolian artists the winners of the competition. Know this, the walls are like the heart. It must be purified like an unspotted mirror which takes and reflects infinite images. If the heart is pure, it can receive an endless variety of shades and hues. Then its true nature, in all its spaciousness and fullness, will shine forth. Those who polish their hearts are saved from smell and colour. They witness beauty with every breath without pause. So what should we make of that, Maureen, if I come to you first? Well, um, it's about polishing one's heart in order yeah. for the beauty of the world <laughs> to be reflected. The gates so, <laughs> yeah. Okay, sure. yeah. yeah, purification. Yeah, exactly. You know, purification. Yeah. yeah, Mary, how about yourself? Similar, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, being true to yourself, I guess, yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think that's kind of... Um, and I think that's kind of, for, for me, when I'm sharing that story with um, my girls, and obviously because it is for young readers, that they're able to read it themselves. And actually what what I should have done now is not maybe not read the moral straight away. But <laughs> so what I do with the girls is like, we read the story. I then ask them what they make of it and what mm. they think mm. and try to... And sometimes they've they've kind of got it and they're able to um articulate it's meaning sometimes they don't it's completely like completely the wrong end of the stick sometimes <laughs> some of the stories but it's nice to be able to have that discussion that conversation you know with them and then say okay well this is what you know um you can the meaning you can take from it mm. um but i mean how you know does Rumi, more for you does you know that the poetry in, inform any of your work or, or things that you kind of yeah, I mean, I would say that Rumi yeah. informs my spiritual practice. Yeah, sure. And I would say that there were times in my life where things were quite difficult, mm. but Rumi created a space of ease and mm. comfort. Yeah. So for me, Rumi is my favourite poem, yeah. poet. Yes. And actually, at one point, I had a campaign called Make Room for Rumi. So I said, oh, nice. oh, wow. I'd give Rumi poems out and say, Make Room for Rumi, you know, and things Talk like that. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I think he's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Make Room for Rumi. We need to bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, well. I think so. Um, how about yourself, Mary? Do you think kind of this aspect of spiritual? spirituality or, or or whatever we kind of want to want to label it mm. does that feed into any of the work that you do in terms of an artist I guess so way? I think for for people that I work with mm. spirituality can be so so important to them mm. um and knowing that you have some kind of purpose mm. whether that be through religion through just mm. just anything having yeah. that purpose mm. having that reason to get up in the morning makes such a difference mm. having a routine makes such a difference to people's recovery mm. and people people f having their worth you know yeah. their self-worth that they really should have yeah. and hold yeah. it, it really means that they can they can continue on that path mm. of recovery yeah yeah absolutely and i think that's what's really beautiful about it because it is really about um the journey isn't it it's mm. about absolutely maybe what, you know maybe you've gone through and how you kind of respond to that and and yeah and where you find that solace i think is really you know important and that, again you know just coming back to i guess why for me as well reading you know really helps you know depending on maybe what i'm going through or what i'm um any situation I am in, um, I can dip into a certain book, but, but you know, Rumi's poetry is definitely one, you know, I could, I know I can probably pick something up or, um, and, or just read a quote or something and it will really kind of bring home, you know, how, how I'm feeling. And I mm -hmm. think that in itself, you know, obviously we're talking about therapies is actually quite uh, therapeutic and, and it does help. Um, so now kind of linking back all of this, cause we've talked a little bit obviously about you know our children's stories and mm. kind of the importance of um that accessibility for children so you are obviously um a big part of the children's peace party which is taking place um on saturday um so can we talk a little bit about that i guess primarily obviously what it actually is and what's happening yeah sure but also you know what's the point of it like why why you know and obviously i mean that completely kind of you know good faith <laughs> but as in as in yeah why and and, and what are people going to get by by coming so if we, we go to yourself mary first sure so yeah. i guess i'll start with what's actually happening yeah fantastic. Um, yeah 
So on uh, Saturday, it's 11 till 6, isn't it? Yeah, good, got that right. Mm-hmm. Um, 11 till 6 all day, completely free series mm. of activities for children mm. of most ages, to be honest, actually. Yeah. There's mm. a real variety. So we've got um, printmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be printing our own tote bags with slogans. Yes. Um, there'll be a games tent um, that is full of sort of games that you've heard of and games that you haven't because mm. they've been designed by some children from Chantry Primary School. Oh, fantastic. Um, so we've been making their games. So they've mm. designed them all around the theme of cooperation, working together, mm. and, of course, around the theme of um, the Peace Day riots mm-hmm. in 1919. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also got Circus, nice to sit and watch so i think that'll be quite nice just to sit we're planning having a nice area for everyone to just sit have their picnics watch the theater Mm. watch the circus um and then yeah theater from uh ricky cycle and um tail shakers as well Mm. ngyt and i think the the idea is the kids are in charge for the day Mm. um we're just helping them (laughs) along the way a little bit but the kids are in charge so the kids will be in the tents teaching how to play their games teaching the printmaking skills that they've picked up Mm. last term at school Mm -hmm. um and i guess when you say what's the point Mm. it really is to for me inspire the next generation yeah or several generations away Mm. into engaging in these sort of larger scale activity (laughs) sort of days um i think i think it's really important to get kids interested at a young age mm-hmm. i think for many of us you do a lot of art as a child yeah. and then suddenly it sort of stops and ta- tails off a little bit um for those of us that continue to do it it's not necessarily seen as a career path mm. quite often seen as a hobby maybe yeah. but actually i guess inspiring um yeah. kids that really do identify more with artistic skills rather than um say more academic mm. subjects at school that yeah. actually they're still very valid still perfectly um mm. perfectly good career choice for children and it really is just about having fun yeah and 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 not taking things too seriously as well yeah mm. no, I like that. <laughs> taking yeah taking um fun seriously i think is always yeah. important thing, so it always works <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I, I, I've actually stolen that, so I should give credit to Jenny Williams, who's a project director of Revolutions, because she always <laughs> loves taking um, uh, fun seriously. Um, so, obviously, you are the um, associate artist That's right, on yeah. Children's Peace Party. Um, yourself, Mariam, you're the participation producer. So, could you maybe just give a little bit of background on what, why, why is it called the Peace Party? Like, what is yeah. you know? I know Mary just um, yeah. mentioned the Peace Day riots, so maybe just give a bit of a background, and then yeah, maybe your kind of role in yeah. in in, in the event yeah so this is uh a hundred days um a hundred years commemorating mm-hmm. the peace uh day riots mm-hmm. in 1919 so that's why we're doing it now in august mm-hmm. that's yeah. why we're doing it in 2019 that's why it's taking place in luton peace day riots happened in 1919 after the first world war mm-hmm. across the country mm-hmm. we know in luton that the town hall was burnt down mm-hmm. we know that there were riots in st george's square yeah. we also know that there was a children's peace party that happened mm-hmm. in luton who right. so this is to sort of commemorate that action to know mm. that the children were involved in the Peace Day riots 100 mm. years ago and then to bring it into present time mm-hmm. where to- working with children about democracy, the idea of peace in 2019, what does that mean to them? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the workshops that Murray was involved in was about kind of in- um, engaging with the children with mm-hmm. those themes in mind. Uh, why are we doing a commemoration of the Peace Day riots in mm-hmm. 2019? That's part of Luton's um, pilot year of culture. Mm-hmm. So they are now, they're, they're pilot year for City of Culture bid in 2025 so there's a kind of bigger and broader vision for Mm -hmm. the town in relation to that and um, yeah this sits really well in it and is a Mm. way of engaging communities far and wide within the town to bring together people yeah. from all walks of life yeah fantastic no i mean i think it's gonna you know it sounds like it's gonna be a really uh, beautiful kind of meaningful event in the sense like you said it's just about getting together having fun and having the opportunity to try out different things so Absolutely. so yeah i mean so you mentioned printmaking and then there's probably going to be a bit of so ricky cycle obviously um with aaron is about recycling it's like a yeah. theater show isn't it so no i mean that's fantastic so in all of this this idea that obviously um We've spoken quite a lot about the arts and, you know, the different types, I guess, of art that, that you know, uh, we can engage in. At what point, you know, can in terms of, because obviously it's the book club show, in terms of reading and literature, you know, how can we reinvigorate that? Because we are in, um, in terms of Luton, especially if we talk about... Um, 
the term BME is always a bit problematic, but if, you know, in terms of those communities, you know, where or we need to kind of um, increase the uh, literature or literacy skills, I guess. I mean, that's what everyone's saying. How can we do that through the arts, you know, in terms of do we just need to encourage reading or is it or does it not have to even be about books? Can it be done in different ways? Well, I guess it can be storytelling, really, isn't Absolutely. it? I mean, we've got Forum Theatre as part of what's um, mm. been done at the Peace Party this weekend. Yeah. And so in mm. Chantry School, Mary worked with games and printing with the children there and in right. Whitefields. I say school, academy, yes. primary academy. Um, Young Sook, who is um, artist lead on this project, yeah. worked um, with some of the children there to create forum theatre. So it's more uh, immersive mm. theatre mm. where they devise the stories. Mm. The stories were based around democracy. I think it's called Tea with the Queen or something like that, isn't um, it? Birthday Party for the Queen? The Queen's Peace like Party. There you go. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's very much about kind of coming together and creating stories. And mm. I think it links back to what I was saying earlier on about often when we speak speak mm. when we speak from ourselves we we actually um uh, uh make clear what's going mm. on inside of ourselves our yeah. internal worlds mm. so with something like theater mm. it's very easy for young children to then bring out their personal themes things that are much more important to them mm-hmm. so they will be leading the forum theater at the peace party on the weekend mm-hmm. for children and but it'll be immersive so that children within the audience can then actually become part of the performance mm. um but that is a wonderful way i believe of sure. developing literacy because it's about mm. being vocal being articulate exploring expression development of words development of ideas mm. so literacy for me is more than the printed page the printage page is what brings it to life within Mm. oneself and outside of oneself Mm -hmm. and I remember that the poet laureate I think last year Mm -hmm. said that you know we must use the air we must use the air to transmit our Mm. truths our imagination our stories and that's what's going to happen at the peace party Mm. on Saturday so please come along yeah (laughs) no that's that's a beautiful kind of concept actually And, and it's true I think you know when we talk about even books in essence they are stories aren't they so whether they're about cats as mary was talking earlier or or you know it's it's just it's what brings your kind of imagination well imagination is brought to life isn't it i mean i was literally asking just last night um my daughter said oh you know tomorrow i'm going to be on the book club show and i want to talk about children's stories what's your favorite story and why um and she mentioned oh i can't remember the title something about fairies <laughs> and Aww. she said and that's actually what she said it's like it helps it helps my imagination yeah See, that's lovely. Just, isn't it? Because yeah. Layla was really into the fairies books. I mean, there are about 30 yeah. or 40 <laughs> of them, you know. There's a fairy for everything, yeah, you know. Exactly. A tea fairy, a flower fairy, you know. That's what... <laughs> but it is incredible. No, exactly. You know, it's real. And it goes back, links back into Rumi and this whole idea of metaphysical, yeah. the kind of what's yeah. there and what's not there. So it's, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think this is what... and. And even, like you said, the the event today, and it's so nice to know that there's been so much work already happening with young people Absolutely. in order to, you know, create what's what's going to be there on the day. Um, you know, even the games, I think, is a fantastic um, yeah. I idea. Mean, of, yeah, that, that's key for yeah. us with, yeah. with projects such as this, because, I mean, you know, you've created mm. an, a very invested audience already because mm. they are so so excited and i'd mm. love to say you know the, the kids from chantry have been you know brilliant mm. consistently brilliant yeah. that we've worked with from mm. both groups um and there's there's no sort of hesitancy with them mm. you know you give them a project they do it yeah and it's fantastic yeah. first time round, you yeah. know and and well, I think we can learn from that because mm. I think maybe we worry too much about, mm. I know I do with my mm. own artistic practice, mm. worry about the outcomes. Yeah. Um, actually, take that fear away and just make because you can. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so the yeah. children that come on Saturday mm. will have opportunity to be creative themselves because mm. we've got the Flamingo Art Cart. Yes, Liz where, and Diana yeah, will be running that. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the Flamingo Art Cart is a project, it was originally commissioned by Imagine Luton last year. Mm. Um, myself and Liz Aldous and also Diana Hurley have put, put that together. Um, and now the flamingo it is just a huge <laughs> shopping trolley shaped <laughs> like a flamingo. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you can tell when you drive it because it does not go in one direction. It's a real flamingo in that trolley. <laughs> but it's full of art materials. It's really quite magical. Their wings open up and you can create art on the surfaces. But they will be there creating peace doves. Um, oh, and oh, people will be writing their own messages. Um, and they will also be sort of wandering around the site with the flamingo. She's, yeah, yeah. she's a bit Fantastic. of a star in her own right now, Flossie the Flamingo. Oh, oh is it Flossie? Yeah, Flossie. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know if that was official, but that's what oh, we call okay. her. Fair 
Oh, no, that's lovely. So that's the theme so, yeah. is peace, yeah. as yes. we know. Yeah. And so, as you say, uh, the Flamingo Art Cart will be talking about peace. And then the printing studio, mm. children will be able to come there and again be creative again and actually mm. make um, um, printing based on peace and their idea Absolutely. of peace, peace, mm. democracy, coming together, that kind sure. of thing. Yeah. So that would be great. And then the games also is a kind of de- democratic thing mm. where, you know, you, mm. you have to work together towards oh, an end. So it's really quite nice to bring in these quite complicated themes, as when you mentioned mm. Rumi, but, you know, to, to filter them down so the children can understand them yeah. and engage in them and Absolutely. enjoy them. And we've also got this really wonderful thing happening. It's at 2.15 to 3.15, so it's only once during the day, okay. whereas everything else is kind of scattered between yeah. 11 and 6. And it's called, it's by Clouds of Blessing, and oh, you probably okay. saw them at the um, mm. July 19th, for they were on the stage mm. for the big extravaganza. Mm-hmm. So it says that the clouds of blessing are celebrating peace in Luton. And as they come together, the clouds become bigger and shower blessings upon us. So it's a lovely oh. kind of, you know, metaphor mm. for peace and yeah, yeah, um, coming yeah. together. Yeah, no, that's so lovely. And be able to kind of visualise, I think, that kind of concept is is so great. And it's lovely to see actually how the different programmes are kind of integrating, you know, across the uh power passion uh program um so then what will in terms of the bid for 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 luton sorry city of culture um i mean what are we hoping that will do so if it's something that you know we uh, work towards and you know i'm sure we deserve it as well um (laughs) what could that uh, say for our town or do for our town do you think well i think i mean there are several different things and Mm. they're not on the top of my head right now but um (laughs) some of the things that it will do in order to benefit the town one of them Mm. is it will bring employment Mm. it will bring people into the town so then this kind of the the economy or it's the nighttime economy becomes enhanced Mm. also it will develop um uh, mental health well-being so that will be kind of optimized because people will feel better about themselves better about the town civic pride that kind of thing so Mm. it's really about creating opportunities for local people a better and brighter future for young people especially in the creative industry because there is this intention to as a mary is example to that Mm. take local artists to work with lead artists as you're working with young sok and to develop their practice so Mm. that actually for that city of culture bid they can then be the lead artists from the town that actually you know initiate um, creativity so there's a lot of kind of scope for development skills development Mm. within the town for local people for children as well um and employment and, and employability yeah. and just so yeah it's a great great initiative really yeah 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 sure and how do you think your journey has been mary has been, obviously you've been associate artist but for you then as Miriam saying that you know in terms of future having been involved in this and yeah. you know what would, what would be next do you think i think that's it just bigger and better yeah so yeah. so for this project i've had i've been very lucky my lead artists have been fabulous and mm. have really let me have free reign on certain things that I've been working on um yeah but it is it's pulling in talent from um different places so all the associate and trainees that have worked on this program as a whole the people power passion program as a whole mm-hmm. I think it'll be amazing to all work together as lead artists because we have such a wide skill set mm. which we're only going to grow on over yeah. the next few years which mm-hmm. means that four projects we can probably create everything pretty much in-house in terms of using lo- local talent mm-hmm. um yeah and fostering that local talent yeah, yeah and then absolutely. and keeping it rolling so that people that are maybe at the very very beginnings of their career mm. will be in a position i'm in now mm. and it, it it will create a sort of legacy yeah i sure. think is yeah. really important actually yeah, yeah. No, no, that's, yeah, yeah, no, I completely echo that sentiment. And and how do you think that will help in terms of, I know with, you know, across this, not just Luton, it's across the UK, Mm. and this idea, we know there's kind of funding cuts to creative creative subjects and and things like that, and even libraries. And so what can we do then as, um, I mean, I guess as artists, but just as community members, and what can we do to ensure that, you know, you were talking earlier, Mary, about inspiring the next yeah. generation or generations in terms of this having that access to, you know, literature specifically, um, you know, whether that's through books, like you said, mm. you know, that it doesn't have to be the written word. It could just be, you know, through stories. But how do we ensure that legacy? So something like the Peace Party or, or, or anything that, to be honest, you know, any organisations that are doing 
how do we do you think maintain that Moriam in terms of long term I think that the landscape is changing the creative landscape is changing and Mm -hmm. part of that change is because of the the Mm -hmm. cuts but I think that we have to be creative about that kind of Mm -hmm. using our imagination because even in libraries being cut Mm -hmm. we still have digital access to books Mm -hmm. and which is probably cheaper for libraries to bring on board actually Mm -hmm. as far as um, loaning them out is concerned but I think as far as being creative is you know we we have to think about new ways of doing that Mm -hmm. and I think for ourselves as local artists in Luton mm. funding's not always there but yeah. the drive and the ambition and the imagination is mm. so then we've, we've found ways of making mm. sure that things happen mm. you know um, and it's about I guess bringing on uh, the organisations or the funders that actually have the money to make that move faster and quicker sure. and to be on board with our ideas how we can do that I mean you know how uh, long as a piece of string there isn't one particular answer to that question mm-hmm. but I think it's basically about maintaining a level of ambition mm-hmm. and imagination that means that actually whatever you're confronted with you can find a way of resolving it and actually making things happen absolutely staying flexible as yeah, well with exactly. your plans yes <laughs> exactly yeah I yeah, know I think that's so so important I think it's um, and that's why programmes like this obviously I guess it's um, a reason why we're doing the work that we do and I mean reason behind why there's um, the book club show and the reason mm. why there's there are a book club and you know this this idea that we need to always create those opportunities because we know that I mean how we started off saying this we sometimes people don't have the time to read or maybe we're reading more factual books and we would love to read you know more more fiction but it is about this notion of I think of time as well and or timelessness and mm. actually at what point do we say no I do need to make that time I need to make that time maybe you know to read or or, you know and when I say read I mean because we know there's audiobooks or like you said Mm. in kind of digital kind of accessibility to those things um so how important I mean from today I guess Mary would what do you think you would do in terms of incorporating that kind of reading um in kind of quotation marks into the time that you have I mean I think and it's it's something that I've done a bit of mm. I want to do more is mm. listening to because audiobooks are fantastic yeah, and yeah. there's so much variety now mm. whilst working yeah it means I don't have to physically sit down with the book or the tablet mm. reading yeah. it means I can actually get stuff done um whilst listening to that yeah and actually it's a bit of an escape sometimes from mm. what you're working <laughs> on if you are on a slightly monotonous task yeah, that you're doing yeah. a lot of <laughs> it, it can you know keep your brain active a bit I think yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's great how about yourself Mariam in terms of from now in terms of reading and um, is something you're going to make time for or, you know... I mean, I know you're saying you already do it. I, I mean, no, no, you know. I've just literally just started to do it. So it's kind okay, of like a new change cool. in my habit because I didn't have the time, yeah. didn't have the headspace in the yeah. past. But uh, And there's something for me about bookshops. I love mm. bookshops. Mm. Something for me so tangible about the page and the flicking of the page. Yeah. So I have gone back. I used to sort of Kindle yes. things and whatever. But so I've gone back to the actual physical book and the yeah. flicking of the pages yeah, and yeah. the lovely kind of off-white colour of yeah. the page. <laughs> and the so I'm really enjoying so that. So romantic. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, just, it's nice to actually... Yeah, to find time for that. Thank you so much um, for being on the show today. Um, So that was a book club show with myself, Imrana, Mary and Moriam, and we will see you soon. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.com.